Go to any upscale California restaurant, and in some of the salads, you'll see hemp seeds as an ingredient. And, if you're like my wife, the daughter of missionaries, she asked me, are those legal, or is that a California thing? Will I get high eating those? Is there any nutritional value, or would I fail a drug test? Go to any pharmacy, and over half the medications on the shelf were derived from foods that we eat, or herbs we use to flavor the foods. Searching for the next great medicine from plants and food is a massive research undertaking of many pharmaceutical companies, testing many plants from around the globe. But one of the most promising plants cannot be easily researched. Not because it's hard to cultivate, or that it grows in some remote part of the world. This plant grows like weed. And already two FDA-approved medications have come from it. But the test for more is nearly impossible because the plant is bound up in federal regulations. That plant is the parent of hemp seeds. And to answer my wife, hemp seeds are nutritious. A good quality protein and some fiber and essential fatty acids. But what about the rest of the plant? The rest of the plant you may have heard of. Cannabis sativa. The seeds on those salads are imported from China because it is not even legal in the United States to grow the plant. In case you didn't know, the other name for the plant is marijuana. And if one plant screams to us that we need to study because of the potential for more medications, it's cannabis. We need to take marijuana off of Schedule 1 of the DEA. We need to make this plant easy to study and extract the compounds that have so much potential for new medications. We need to free the weed. My name is Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is the Culinary Medicine Podcast, a podcast where we have conversations about food as medicine. Just to be clear, I have never smoked marijuana or ingested it in any form in my life, not even the seeds on a salad. So, I needed an expert. What do I think I know about cannabis? THC is awesome, but CBD is near miraculous. That is the voice of Evo Terra, godfather of podcasting, author of Podcasting for Dummies, first witness on my marriage certificate, and the first one to visit when I had my son. He's also a good friend, and he inhales. So let's break that down a little bit from okay. what I know and from what you know. All right. Okay. So the FDA came out with its first drug from CBD oil called Epidiolex. And Epidiolex is a drug which they have taken the CBD oil, taken the active component, mm -hmm. dosed it, and then tested it. So they said, this is an ineffective dose. Mm -hmm. We give the kids these, it's ineffective. This is our effective range. Right. And this is our toxic range. Mm -hmm. Because even though every stoner who writes a little thing on Facebook saying it's natural and cannabis will not do anything, <laughs> there's a toxic range for everything. Everything's got an LD50, right? Right. And they found that. In this one, the problems were these kids had liver enzymes that raised so 10% of them had a liver enzyme function, which indicates some damage. Mm -hmm. Two to 3% of them, they had to get them off the drug. Oh, wow. So Because of the liver enzyme. Because of the so liver high. enzyme. Oh, wow. 
So to be technical, cannabis or marijuana has two broad categories of chemicals that interact with people and are potentially good for medications. THC, the psychoactive part, or the part that makes you high, and CBD, or cannabinoid oil. There are two drugs approved by the FDA that are derived from cannabis. Marinol is a synthetic form of THC and was approved in 2008 for the treatment to improve appetite in patients with cancer or advanced AIDS. The second drug was just approved. It's called Epidiolex and it was approved for several forms of severe childhood epilepsy that without this derivative of a cannabinoid oil, those forms of childhood epilepsy are just devastating. But do you know what they're planning to charge for this drug in the United States? $25,000 a year. If insurance doesn't cover this, where do you think the parents will go to get medication? Even before this study, there were parents who would go to local cannabis outlets to get CBD oil for their children who suffer from these seizures. What's the problem with that? The problem is we don't know the dose of this drug that they're giving to their children, and we only know it's effective if they dose to prevent seizures. In the case of Epidiolex, this CBD oil was purified, so they knew which dose was ineffective, which dose was effective, and which dose was toxic. And in spite of what some people will tell you, there is toxicity with CBD oil. Toxicity in this case was about 10% of the kids developed liver issues, and 2% of those that were on this drug had to have the drug stopped because their doctor feared that these children would develop liver failure. How many people do you think are getting their liver function enzyme tested when they go to the local medical marijuana shop for CBD oil for epilepsy? Relatively certain that number is approaching zero since right. they do not, they're not set up to test for these sorts right. of things. These are retail establishments. These are not medical doctors prescribing medicine inside of the dispensaries. This right. is just people showing up. So here's the issue. Every plant, food, or herb that has some active ingredient that's a potential drug what we want to do is study it, because you can't just say this is natural and there's no problem with it. Why study it? Because if something is a potential drug, then there is always a level at which the drug is ineffective and a level at which the drug is toxic. If we're lucky, there's a broad dose range at which the drug is effective. To give another example from the plant world, the bark of the willow tree has an ingredient that is a potent anti-inflammatory. The derivative of that bark you know as aspirin. One baby aspirin or 81 milligrams will decrease the risk of heart attack, and one regular aspirin at 325 milligrams will relieve pain. Less than 81 milligrams, not too effective. A bottle of aspirin, you can get toxicity. Or one teaspoon of wintergreen oil, which is a methylated form of salicylate, is the equivalent of 7,000 milligrams of aspirin. And that is one of the more common ways that children end up in the emergency room with essentially aspirin toxicity. But back to cannabis. So in medicine, we want to find the ingredient, purify it, know the dose, and know the toxicity. So are there other potential uses for cannabis? Probably. But it is a Schedule One drug according to the Drug Enforcement Administration, which means you can't just study it without going through so many hoops 
that it's essentially impossible in this country. If the FDA and the DEA were to reschedule this drug to level 2, 3, 4, or 5, or legalize it entirely, it would be pretty easy to study. Free the weed. The reason we don't have the science is this is still a Schedule One drug. Right. It is still federally illegal to get that, which makes it very difficult to study. Now, let me switch and ask you a question, Dr. Simpson, fan of researching uh, and information. I, I know that you can't say definitively one way or the other, but if we were to remove cannabis listing as a Schedule One drug and allow universities and other research facilities to jump in and and do massive amounts of research. Do you think, based on the information that we have at our disposal today, which is largely anecdotal, if not almost exclusively anecdotal, do you see a point where it will become available for more than just these two forms of epilepsy? Do you think there's more to it than that? I do, because what we know about medical marijuana, which is a combination of THC and CBD, right. is we know that when the review of all of the stuff that was done and found good evidence, there were good evidence for three indications. Number one, chronic neuropathic pain. Mm -hmm. So spinal injury pain, people who have had back things, they that was an indication, and not as a frontline drug, but as a drug after other things had failed. Okay. So I have a member of my family who has a back issue who has had three back surgeries, and now she's taking this, and she loves it. Great. I, I think she maybe it's not the CBD side she That's loves. That's the THC side she's That's, loving. Yeah, she's yeah. loving that. She keeps telling me, I can't wait till you level up. And, <laughs> and just to be clear, I've never done any of that in my life. Right. right. I'm, I'm this. I'm the old guy with the white hair that says, I want this off of Schedule 1 and Schedule 2. Of course. Or 3 or 4 or 5. That's fine. Yeah. And number two, I think recreational marijuana ought to be legalized because, you know what? We got whiskey. What do you mean? Whiskey oh. and alcohol has a lot further side effects that we know of than medical marijuana. So let's just not be crazy. I'm with you. So the other indication is spasticity. So these are people who have lack of use of their limbs and their body is just sending them random fires. People with multiple sclerosis, yes. people who have back injuries and mm -hmm. are paraplegic, quadriplegics. That is good as like a third-line drug. The best indication for medical marijuana is post-chemotherapy nausea and vomiting. Yes. Now, what turned me around of medical marijuana many years ago was a very good friend of mine who had horrible cancer, horrible chemotherapy, and said, the only thing that gets, and this is in the old days when they had the dirty reefers from the bad weed on the <laughs> side, that was the only thing that she was able to take that allowed her to take the chemotherapy and not have a problem with nausea and vomiting. Or wow. a little bit. So those are the three indications we know. Mm -hmm. Now, just before, just this morning in between some stuff, I went on Facebook, and lo and behold, there was a ad or something so here's what I was told that CBD oil was good for. Dementia, sleeping, oh. pets oh. who are getting older and harder to get around. Sure. Maybe they're just high. I don't know. Anti-inflammatory mm -hmm. and cancer. Yeah. So I did a little research to see what is the evidence for this? Because if someone says it, I want to research sure. it. Where did that come from? The best evidence was anecdotal. Yeah. Small, bad studies. Right. Mostly done by the people who sell it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me take you into the world of big pharma. Sure. Let's say I'm big pharma and I just made a drug that I've spent however much money, a lot of money, 
and I say, we tested and it's great. How much would you believe me? Well, not a lot, but right. we still do. Right. right, right. And now Big Pharma can't do that anymore because right. the FDA said, we don't trust you. Right. The doctors say, you know, that's your study. It's your study. We don't trust you. So Big Nutra, which is what CBD oil is, right. it's right. the same thing. Yeah. I know of a group here in town that sells medical marijuana. This is their job. They process it. Mm-hmm. They have great anecdotal stories and stuff and heart-wrenching and it's wonderful. But I've had them tell me these, oh, this is good for your mom. My mom has dementia. Yeah. You ought to give her some gummy bears or whatever it is. Sure. And I agree. I see a lot of information because I'm a, a much more active member of those marijuana communities. So it's just not a random ad I see on Facebook. I will hear uh, friends and acquaintances of mine talking about all of the touting the benefits of, of medical marijuana. And I go, I, I fall back on two things. One, um, it's it'll, a lot of it is anecdotal. Some of that anecdotal information I actually have myself, so I can attest to the efficacy of it as a sleep what, aid. At what dose? For example, um, three or four hits usually <laughs> is enough when the when the pages start to blur on the book. So, But that's anecdotal information, and that's certainly not what I would consider medicine because there is no dosage guidelines. This is just smoke this until you're high and you finally fall asleep, which, which certainly can happen. So while everyone these days is excited about potential drug use derived from CBD oil, the component that doesn't make you high, and in fact, according to some studies, moderates the sensation of being high, what many people think about is the combination of THC and CBD, or medical marijuana. It appears that the combination of these drugs, that in some studies, some very high-quality studies, has some really good efficacy. And just as there are many people saying that CBD oil has no side effects, there are even more members of the marijuana community who are saying getting high from the THC component of marijuana has no side effects. But that's just not true. A certain percentage get paranoid from it. Mm-hmm. There is a certain percentage of individuals who it lowers their blood pressure. Oh. And that's predominantly in older individuals. Uh, I I, I don't know why. That's sort of what the studies indicated. Okay. We don't know why. Again, we haven't studied it, so I'm as good as talking about anecdotal stuff as the rest. Right. Where this was discovered was in medical marijuana for people who had chemotherapy, and they stopped taking it because they had those psychoactive symptoms. Okay. And my take is, is that I don't know what percentage this is. I don't know if it's 5%. Right. I don't know if it's 50%. I think it's much a smaller percent than, than reefer madness would let us think. <laughs> definitely. Right? But it's definitely there. And when the stoners say, you're wrong, it can never happen, I say it's kind of like my brother with whiskey, <laughs> right? My brother hasn't drank in 22 years, but when he had whiskey, he just had bad yeah. reactions. Right. It was. It's not for everybody, right? No, it it, it certainly isn't. And I, I think two things. It it comes down to that lack of evidence, and nature abhors a vacuum. So, in the absence of good quality information, these anecdotes, these repeatable, hey, I took this and this is what happened to me. We got to study it. We've got to study it completely. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. We 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 have to study it. We have to free the weed. 
So if you go looking up online for CBD oil, you'll find that they have anecdotal evidence that it's good for many things. But here's what many of the people in the retail establishments that sell CBD oil can't tell you. They can't tell you what dose is effective. Or that if their CBD oil has enough of the material in it to make it effective. Or what dose can make you toxic. Nor can they tell you what that toxicity might be for you. Nor can they tell you what drugs it will interact with that you might be taking. But in spite of a lot of that anecdotal evidence, there might be a lot of potential here. We just don't know. We need to free the weed. You'll hear this from many physicians like me, who are older, conservative, who are based in science, and want to know, who see this as the plant that's given us two drugs, and maybe there are more. And if you look up, you'll find studies in good journals, studies that show things like anti-inflammatory activity, studies about oncology or cancer, studies about psychiatric illness, studies about brain injury, And then there are a lot of anecdotes, but anecdotes aren't science. But now we need more studies, and the best place to do them is the United States. But you can't. We need to free the weed. And sometimes there are people in the marijuana community that just aren't helping this. My friend Ewo talks about this. There's no doubt about that. We, we, we have to study it. But I also think, to kind of call out my brethren for just a moment here, there's a lot of people in the medical marijuana community who are extolling the virtues of medical marijuana publicly, but then privately just acting like a bunch of stoners. I almost feel that there is a, a veneer, some extra skin they put on to say, okay, I'm going to be out, I'm going to be promoting the medical causes over this one. But they want to do that. Their ulterior motive is so that they can have access to weed and just be high all the time or, or when they want to. I, there's a lot of recreational use of Which this, I don't have a problem with. Neither do way. I. That's being disguised as, but it's for medical reasons. I've, I've attended supposedly can, can, medical marijuana gatherings and it just, and it, it's, it's very weird to me, Terry. You know, I'm a, I'm a craft beer nerd, as you were, as you are aware. And I can sit and talk about the qualities of craft beer. I can read Beer Connoisseur magazine. I can do all of these things. There's, that a, let there's me such know a magazine. There are, there are several different beer magazines, yeah, that, that, are, that, are, that are detailing do, what do, it's like to be a, is a the craft beer Is the centerfold a beer belly? No, there's nothing like <laughs> okay, that. Sorry. But this just talks about the, the culture of beer. The culture of marijuana today is either wrapped up in medical marijuana or it's still high times from 1970s. There's not a everyday layperson's, I, I like this, I enjoy this, but I, I'm not necessarily Cheech Marin, nor am I a stage five cancer patient. What if I'm just somebody who wants to, wants to enjoy marijuana but not be a stoner? Beer magazines aren't how to be drunk all the time, but marijuana publications is either it's the best medicine ever or this will get you knocked on your ass. So that to me is a little bit of a, and, I, and I'm overgeneralizing, but that to me is what I see as one of the challenges. Yes, we need to study it, but I also think us in, in the marijuana community need to be honest with ourselves. Are we really wanting this for medicine? 
If so, we need to legalize it so we can get it studied. Or do we just want to use it recreationally? And I think we sometimes blur those lines together. We're riding on the coattails of medical when we should be advocating the fact that why not just alcohol's okay? Why can't we just make you know a, a certain amount of marijuana smoking you know in a responsible and a, in a fine way? But we don't we don't have that as a culture. It's just hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do, especially when I'll have people come to me and say, you're a doctor, you support us, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And they say, oh, I want to be there when you get high. And it's like, it's just, it's not my thing. <laughs> right. Not, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. There you go. And I would much rather you come to me and say, what things do you see as a physician in your field that this might work for? But they, yeah. the, the conversation doesn't go there. Right, right. I don't have a crystal ball. All of those potential indications for CBD oil may come to nothing. We may have the best two drugs we're ever going to have. But let's look at another bit of evidence. You may have seen the signs. Those states that have legalized medical marijuana have reduced drug deaths from opioids. And given the opioid crisis, that's a correlation I can't ignore. Given we're losing over 200 lives a day in the United States to opioids, I think the feds would do almost anything to try and help this. We need to free the weed. If you study it, we would know. We would know. What a great idea. I know. It's science. <laughs> Culinary Medicine was recorded in the studios of Producer Girl Productions. And I want to thank my good friend Evo Terra for the interview, who's both a guest and the producer of today's show. And of course, thanks to you for listening to this episode of Culinary Medicine with me, Dr. Terry Simpson. While I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. And you should always seek the advice of a trusted, licensed medical provider with experience in your particular condition or concern before taking any actions. Of course, if you are my patient, then what I say should be burned in the fleshy tables of your heart. Culinary Medicine is a part of Your Doctor's Orders Network and is produced and distributed by Simpler Media. My executive producer is the talented and beautiful Producer Girl of Producer Girl Productions. You can follow me on Twitter where I am at Dr. Terry Simpson. That's Dr. Terry Simpson. And I'll be back next week with another conversation about food and maybe bust a con or two. Until next time, don't drink the water, drink the wine.